podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. We have a special Sunday night edition, although you might be listening on Monday morning. But I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how are you doing this fine evening? Good evening. This is a, a different time for us to do a podcast, but it's good. We're we're even fresher coming off the game. And the, the same day, we, we didn't even get a, a night's sleep on it, so... We'll see how how prepared our, our brains truly are. I'm a slow processor, so, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we will see. We're coming up at the end of uh, Sunday Night Football. We both just uh, rewatched some of the highlights from the game, 49ers game today, so we are, uh, we are ready to go. Uh, I'd like to point out the 49ers have been undefeated longer than the Chiefs and the Seahawks. So Seahawks wow. are officially in last place in the NFC West. So that's, that's a <laughs> that's good That's really feeling. funny to hear. Yeah, I enjoy hearing We know that. that's not going to – I mean – it's true right now. It's true right now. And I was nice. just going to say, like, we know that's not going to last. But the Cardinals are also showing up and showing that they're actually a pretty decent team. And I know we're a 49ers so podcast, but, but that Cardinals game was just ridiculous. Nuts. It was just There's a, a lot ridiculous of crazy game, game today. Yeah. But one of the crazy games today was a 49ers game. We're going to get you all caught up on how we're feeling about that, how we're feeling going into next week. But first, we've got a lot of news that happened in between last week's episode and today. Daniel, you want to catch us up on that? I want to catch us up on it, but I really don't like reading this. Um, So we talked last week in our episode, we mentioned that Raheem Mostert um, was going to be out about eight weeks with a knee injury. I'm sure you have heard by now, if you pay any attention to the Niners news on any platform, that Raheem Mostert has elected to have knee surgery to fix his injury, and he will be done the entire year. Yeah, he's out for the season. Just as we suspected, it is confirmed that Jason Verrett is also done for the year with a confirmed torn ACL. Now this week, Dre Greenlaw is having surgery on, they say a core muscle injury, but I believe it's his groin. Yeah. I think that technically in, in injury speak, they consider that a core muscle. Yeah, he's already, he's already had the surgery, I think. I think he had it like the next day. Yeah, I think he they got going quick, quick once they decided that it was a go. So originally it was said to be six to eight weeks. But in a press conference, Kyle Shanahan said there's been a bunch of guys who've already gone through the similar surgery, and it's it's more like four to six. So I think Drake could be back earlier than we originally expected. But yeah. either way, losing Mostert, losing Verrett, losing Dre for a few weeks has been not a great way to start the season. It feels yeah. like last year. It feels different, but it's the same pit in our stomachs that we don't want. Yeah, Mostert, Mostert and Verrett are, are tough losses for the season. Uh, Greenlaw, I think we talked a lot last week about how, how excited and happy we were to see Greenlaw's performance in week one. Um, Mostert is – it's a bummer. He's one of the most exciting players in football when he gets going, and it's a bummer that he hasn't – really hasn't been able to stay healthy, and that's a bummer. I think 
I, I have a, an answer to this. Daniel, do you think we see Raheem Mostert in the 49ers uniform again? This is his la- the last year on his contract. He's already kind of demanded a trade once at one once last season from the 49ers. Do you think we see him again in the red and gold, or is he is his time done? Man, I don't like thinking about that. Uh, I yeah. have my, my Raheem Mostert jersey. He's my guy. He's my, my surfer dude who... Listeners, you don't know me or what I look like. I, I very much look like a surfer, so I, I he does. relate with Raheem. <laughs> he does. Uh, I love him. I think he's a great back. I think he's a great guy. Um, you know, I would not be surprised if he no longer played a game in a 49ers uniform. He is 29, so obviously by, by next year at this time, he will be 30 years old as a running back. We've seen guys do it. Um but those guys like Frank Gore, and he's one of the healthiest running backs in uh, history of football. So yeah, well, he is now. He wasn't originally. He, I mean, he had his fair share, but he also had a lot of, a lot of full seasons comparatively to where yeah. he, you know, 35, 36 years old, still going is is yeah. utterly insane as a running back. So, you know, I, I really don't have a, a strong opinion either way. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. I think I'd go kind of 60, 40. We don't see him, and 40 we do. Um, and I'm a, uh, I'm pretty tied to him in terms of emotions and feelings towards him as a, a player. So I think that 40 is is generous. Yeah, I think, I think he's done, unfortunately. And I, I just obviously don't want to say it. I, I don't want to say it. I like the guy. Um, also, if you're one of the 49ers fans who was tweeting angry things at Raheem Mostert and his wife, uh, please stop listening to the podcast. We're gonna disavow that one. It's pretty. Yep. There's some pretty nasty stuff out there on Twitter, and that's just. That's not good. But, yeah, unfortunately, I do think Raheem Mostert is probably done for the 49ers. And I think that's probably the end of his time in a meaningful, meaningful role on an NFL team as a running back, which is really sad to say because he really, really, truly is an electric, an electric player. But I think I think what says it all is Daniel and I are in a dynasty fantasy football league together. Raheem Mostert was dropped. And he has not been picked up. And that's a league of 49ers I mean, fans. Oh, did you I pick him up? him up? Did you pick him up? Okay, Daniel picked him up. My bad. My bad. But, like, I didn't put any fab on him. I did not pick him up. So I, I did not either. I got him for zero. Unfortunately, I think the Raheem Mostert era is done. And the Elijah Mitchell era has begun. But that, that obviously shows how much I love him. I, yeah. I didn't spend any fab because I figured no one would. But I, I, it is week two, and I picked up a running back who is done for the year and we're questioning his NFL career. And I picked him up. That shows my heart is invested in him. I, I love him too. I just, I think he's done. I just don't think, I mean, right. He was already old for a running back. His injury history is murky at best. And he's already had some contract disputes with the 49ers. There's no way they're going to want to pay him what he wants coming off of this. If he wants similar money to what he wanted the last sure. before the 2020 season, I just I don't see it happening, and I don't see another run scheme and another team that would allow him to succeed in the way he what he did with the 49ers. Yep. So, because of that, I I I agree. I'd say 30-70. He's done with the Niners. Maybe he comes back. Maybe the injury allows the Niners to pay him a lot less than he would have would have taken. But yeah. I think that's the end of the Raheem Mostert era for the 49ers, probably in general in the NFL. Yeah. Speaking of uh, running game injuries. Let me let me hit you with some injuries post the game versus the Eagles yeah. just while we're doing some news. Our entire backfield is banged up. We have seen this before. Um, 
Trey Sermon is in concussion protocol. I don't know if you saw that play. His one rushing attempt, I believe, was for eight yards. Looked like a good run. Um, was kind of slammed at the end, and his head hit the ground hard, and he fumbled. Um, but I believe it was a personal foul penalty um, kind of on that tackle. So it was not technically a fumble um, because the penalty happened before the fumble. It was still the Niners' ball, if I'm correct. Yeah. I believe that is the way they explained it. Yeah, they called it unnecessary roughness, I think, right? I mean, it was kind of a, one of those body slams. I picked him up and threw him, and he's already going down. So, yeah. Michael Hasty, Elijah Mitchell, both were banged up in the game. Um, I believe uh, the Elijah Mitchell injury was just called a stinger. Yeah, this Kyle Shanahan referred to it as a stinger, I think, in the postgame press conference. So, that's optimistic. My hope is he's ready to go for next week against the Packers. Hopefully, Hasty is. I assume Sermon is not unless, you know, he didn't have a concussion yeah. in protocol. We also had a couple new additions to the running back room after before this week's game. We've got a lot of new additions to this team. Yeah. Uh, We talked about last week. Obviously, we signed Josh Norman. Um, We also signed Dre Kirkpatrick. Have a hard time combining those. He spent last year, I believe, with the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm uh, mixing up the order in which those two. We also signed Carrion Johnson. We could all sing Carrion Wayward Son right now together. Yeah, we also signed, uh, picked, uh, claimed is the correct word, claimed Trenton Cannon off waivers from the Ravens. Which, uh, by the way, I felt bad when I saw the tweet that we took a running back off the Ravens practice squad. That just felt mean after all the running backs the Ravens have had injured. I was like, I feel a little bad taking a running back from the Ravens. They also signed every veteran available. Um, I am surprised that they didn't sign Todd Gurley. You know, they got Latavius Murray. They worked out Todd Gurley and decided not to sign him. That was before the injuries. And so I think now they should be giving him a call because I'd rather have him than Devonta Freeman. um, Todd Gurley. Poor Todd Gurley. Get the man a job. But, yes, we have a lot of new additions to the team. There's already reports, depending on our running back injuries, that Carrion Johnson on the practice squad could be pulled up and starting against the Packers. Yeah. Carry on was good for a literal minute in the NFL. Um, yeah, you know, I he was good down. long enough for me to spend some very early fantasy draft picks on him. So yeah, I, he was always on your team. I remember that. Oh yeah, remember. big carry on guy. Carry on my way. I could go forever. Um, <laughs> so we've got carry on. I just, oh man, I do not feel good whatsoever about starting carry on Johnson as the Niners starting running back, knowing yeah. what. Elijah Mitchell looked great, sir. Elijah Mitchell. Hey, come on. Can I comfort you though? I don't know if you we're can, running the Kyle Shanahan run scheme. I think yes. I could do two yards of carry in the Kyle Shanahan run scheme. That's sure. how good that scheme is. I love the scheme, but Carry On was signed like yesterday. Yeah. Is he just is he just gonna get it? Like I know the play design is the same, but it's like. Like I'm learning how to play the guitar. I know chords and I'm learning music theory. Like carry on knows how to run the ball, but he doesn't know music theory essentially. Like, and I mean, Shanahan's run scheme. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone else, but. No, I I know what you mean. You're right. You're right. He might know like the chords, but he doesn't know the song. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan is, is not a, not an easy song to just, 
Oh, I know guitar. He's not the most sympathetic coach to mistakes. I'm learning that more and more. Um, I think we've seen a little, a little new side of Kyle and a little more cutthroat, so to speak. Yeah. Maybe that's too intense, but. So the four, the 49ers running back room is going to be, uh, is going to be pretty murky heading into next week's game against the Packers. Sounds to me like there's a good chance Elijah Mitchell's back. Concussion protocol, we'll know more in a day or two how Trey, how Trey Sermon is doing in that. Who who cares? Trey Sermon was bad this week. Um, hopefully, Hasty and Mitchell can be out there. And if not, maybe Jalen Hurd can get back. Jalen Hurd or Jawan Jennings can maybe go back to their running back roots, take some carries. I'm sure we'll give Jaylen Debo Hurd. plenty. Jalen Hurd is on the IR. I believe there's at least – you have to spend at least four weeks on it. Is that you're correct? Right, right. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings has some running back roots, right? Uh, I assume so. I mean, they compare him to to Debo and Ayuk pretty much. That's the kind of guy they love. The Niners, yeah, the Kyle yeah. loves a lot. So speaking of Jawan Jennings, let's get into this game breakdown. Yeah, let's do it. For Jawan Jennings. Um, just before, before we do the breakdown, um, the inactives for the game – Emmanuel Mosley still battling an injury. We thought we were going to see him soon. Um, it is not yet his time. Aaron Bakes, again, I believe a healthy scratch. Yeah, I think so. Ambry Thomas was injured and not playing, and I believe Zach Kerr was a healthy scratch. Was Ambry Thomas a healthy scratch or was he injured? I would have to look. I wanted to say he was he was nursing. This I, th- some sort I, of I think he is too. But I don't like I don't think he would have gotten much playing time either way. I agree. De- Deion Lenore, as we talked about in preseason, and I- I'm honestly, we'll get into it, or uh, we just don't need to have me ramble about De- Deion Lenore just yet. But I'm really surprised about the snaps that he has taken. Like last game, he took all of them. Um, yeah. and I was Josh this- Norman starting? Josh Norman yeah. was starting for us, right? Yes. Yeah. Josh. Nice PI call, buddy. He had two. Ugh. But he the thing is, like- one of them was in the end zone. And I'm kind of pro PI in the end. Like, I'd rather you get a PI call in the end zone than like get scored on in the end zone. I guess like nothing else to do. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I mean, you bring them to the one yard line, but it's like, well, one yard line versus touchdown. I get it. Yeah. Um, we always do our Trey Watch segment, but we didn't nothing to watch. watch. Nothing to watch. Trey um, Watch took the week off. Yeah. Trey Watch took the week off, but. We can't take the week off with Trey Watch. Timmy, of course not. Give me your thoughts on why you think we didn't see Trey because he was fully healthy, right? Yeah, he was healthy. I mean, I think what Kyle Shanahan would say is there wasn't a situation in which we wanted to run the Trey package. I but I think also it was a, it was a close game, and like Trey, Trey brings in a lot of things, and he's electric, and he allows us to do a lot of things. There are times in a close game where we do want him in instead of Jimmy. But for a game like this, this was a slug fest. And we'll get more into this. This was brutal. This was in the trenches. And I get wanting your season's game manager, who you know is not going to make mistakes out there. And Trey is not that yet. And so I think that's a big part of it. This game was just not a game where you want to throw the rookie out there if you don't have to. And just in general, Jimmy was Jimmy was good. Jimmy played really well, just like he did last week. I've been uh, so... There was no overtaking Jimmy in terms of winning that job this week by Trey. And then yeah. there was probably just not any situations where Kyle Shanahan wanted to bring him in. Yeah, to, to start off, the, we'll start off with the offense. To start off the offensive breakdown, I would say um, starting off with our leading guy, Jimmy G. Um, this competition between – and I don't 
it's not necessarily been called a competition between the two of them with the way Jimmy's handling it. Yeah. But it's there's obviously a competition component to it because well, Jimmy won this week's competition. Absolutely. Competition. And I think we're seeing a new side of Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah. uh, Timmy and I were talking before we started recording about uh, Jimmy's rushing attempts. And it wasn't even – some of them were rushes. Some of them were dives. Um, Jimmy was a tougher quarterback than any of us are used to. Um, he had a – he dove for multiple first downs, dove for a rushing touchdown. Um, I was very impressed by the ways that he was able to, you know, do check down passes, throw the ball, short passes, not a whole lot of Aaron and out deep. Like we're used to seeing, or we're used to seeing not a lot of that from him, but I'm not used to seeing him diving for all of these first downs and touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm also very hesitant and I'm don't do it. Like stay. Yeah, I, I hate seeing Jimmy run after the ACL three years ago. I really don't. I'll never feel I'll never be excited to see like oh Jimmy's going for the first down and he's diving to get it like I love the effort I love the heart behind it but I'm almost like it's not worth it unless you, we like you know we need that first down and you're getting it like the leader Those sneaks I mean those sneaks were great. They are those it's were just, what you needed. So vulnerable and it terrifies me but I'm so pleased with him. And I mean even his passing lines like quick stat line from Jimmy Jimmy threw 30 passes, completed 22 for 189 yards, did not take a sack, one touchdown, no interceptions for 100.6 passer rating. Like what? That's that's what you want in a slugfest like this. That's what you need is that kind of performance where you come in, don't take any sacks, don't take it, don't throw any picks, just make the completions, get the yards carry it on, get the job done. And that's one of the things that Trey comes in, Trey's the home run hitter. Jimmy can hit home runs too. Trey's the home run hitter. Jimmy's going to get on base and he got on base this game. And that's all we needed. Jimmy was getting on base. He was driving in runs. Um, if we're going to throw baseball analogies, I love this. Um, yeah. He really, he did great today. Um, you look at his stats. It's the classic Jimmy Garoppolo stats of through 22 completions, as you said. Yeah. 189 yards. Yeah, like but I, we are I'm, I'm just happy about the no sacks. Like the zero yeah. sacks is awesome. And that's credit to our offensive line, but it's also a lot of credit to Jimmy because they were in his face all all day long. And he got they that were, ball out. And, and listeners, just to give you some context, the Eagles have one of the best defensive lines. Fletcher Cox is insane. He is he made the all decade team for the 2010 the Super Bowl. He's insane. And then uh Brandon Graham is a defensive end who's also nuts. Led the league in sacks, I believe, with 19 and a half. 2018, I want to say. Yeah. Um, they got Vinnie Curry. Uh, they, they got a number of guys. I mean, and Fletcher Cox is insane. Uh, you watched Trent Williams' press conference a couple of days ago. He was saying, you know, Fletcher Cox is a problem. He's always a problem. Um, yeah. There's nothing we can do to change that. We can try to stop him and contain him as best we can. And, you know, he – uh, Trent Williams said Fletcher Cox is the guy right behind Aaron Donald pretty undisputedly like he is the best second best defensive tackle or maybe defensive lineman as a whole yeah. um, and I'd be curious to see if Fletcher Cox believed he was behind Aaron Donald or not um, I believe today he was put in his place a little more with you know he didn't get a, a single sack and he uh, what did he have good run defense though 
he had four tackles, but yeah, no, no sacks, no, not a whole lot of stoppage. Just kind of made sure he was still a little relevant. Yeah. Their run defense though, really held it down for a lot of the game. They were, they were clogging up running lanes. They were not, they were not letting us break off any long runs. And the 49ers historically, a lot of their big plays, most teams, their giant home run plays are passes. 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, their home runs have been runs. And so that's been, that, that was interesting to see that they were able to pretty much stop any long runs. Really, I mean, tons of runs that were, I was looking at my fantasy team, I had Elijah Mitchell playing, and I was like, he's got like negative six rushing yards right now. They were just stopping him early in the it's game. A rough start for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, he pulled it together though. Michael Hasty had the longest rush of 21 yards. Uh, he was inches shy of a touchdown. It was an there awesome were, run. There like were not many long this game in general, if we want to just talk about the, the game as a whole, like high level, this was a slug fest. This was in the trenches. And personally, I I really did not doubt that the 49ers were gonna win it. There was never really any moment where I was like, yeah, they're being outclassed. Like the 49ers just they controlled this and it was it was a dominant performance, but it was a slugfest. And it was not like a long, there were not that many long plays. I have the stats in front of me of both teams' longest plays. The 49ers' longest play was a 40-yard pass to Debo, which was, was mostly, great. it was awesome. And it was mostly yak. And then the Eagles had the 91-yard bomb to Quez Watkins, which, oh my gosh. by the way, if we're going to go small level on that play, Eagles throw a 91-yard pass. They got it first and goal. They get pushed back a little. Then Josh Norman, P.I. in the end zone. They have the ball on the one. And the 49ers stop them and stop them on fourth down and get the ball back. That was an incredible goal line stand. That was amazing. That was was, great defense. It was the best part of the game for the defense. Um I think they well, – I figure we'll, we'll finish the offense before we get there, but I think they struggled in a, a few ways. And you're right, Debo had the biggest play with 40 yards. Jermichael Hasty, as I said, had the 21-yard rush. But other than that, there was not a single play that was past 15 yards other than those two. This was, a, this was an old-school slugfest football game. This was get the ball downfield, win the small battles, and then when the time comes to win, to take a big hit, take a, make a big play – make it and the 49ers did that yeah i will say the eagles also only had two plays above 20 yards above 15 yards yeah the 97 91 yard pass to quez watkins and jalen hurts had a 27 yard run and so when your quarterback has the second longest play rushing in a game sure especially if it, unless it's lamar jackson he goes on a crazy run that's yeah. fine you know i think they contained jalen hurts pretty well um he yeah. is a runner as well, but he also has a cannon and can really throw the ball. We talked about at the end of our episode last week, um, some of the things to watch against the Eagles were our secondary is injured and struggling. They're going to test them. They're going to attack the secondary, and Jalen Hurts sure did. He wasn't as successful as I probably thought he was going to be. Yeah, He was 12 for 23 with 190 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, but also zero interceptions. That 91-yard pass um, was crazy. And there was also another big pass to Jalen Rager that was called back because he went out of bounds before he caught the ball, so called illegal touching. Yeah, Um, 
Daniel and I were talking earlier about how I think illegal touching is a dumb name for that penalty. It makes, makes zero no sense. sense. Yeah. I mean, illegal hands to the face. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Illegal touching, like illegally touching the sidelines. It makes, doesn't... yeah. It makes me think it's like illegal hands to the face. Like it's some sort of illegal contact, but it's like illegally touching the ball. It's just not a good, not a good uh, penalty no, name. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. Classic low yardage game from, from Jimmy G where 22 completions for a hundred something yards. It, I mean, almost 200, not a great average, but that's the Niners we've talked about before. I believe it was 2019, not last year, I believe where they had the shortest um, from quarterback's hand to receiver's hands. They had the short like passing yardage and but the they longest had the, yards, the longest per pass. yards after catch. Um, yeah. It was incredible. And that's what, that's what Kyle's scheme is. That's what the Niners are. Um, last year it was all Debo, Ayuk, um, the running backs when they caught the ball. And of course, Kittle, that's what they do. Um, the bummer is we didn't get to see that from Kittle today. He had, I believe, four receptions for 17 yards. That is an average of 4.3 yards per catch for our star tight end. Yeah. He was just not able to get a lot of yards after catch. And I will say the plays where he actually got a reception, you know, he was not given room. He was not in an awesome spot to break away. Um, Yeah. I'm not like worried about George Kittle. Not at all. I'm just saying he was shut down today or he wasn't used more. So as maybe a better way. Realistically, he was probably just being a great blocker. I had another pancake today. Yeah. I just, that's two weeks with two pancakes. That's amazing from your, yeah. your tight end who uh, probably enjoys blocking more than he does catching the ball. And he, loves yeah, he does. He does like to tell people that he, he likes to block. We also shut down their tight ends pretty well. Um, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a little older. Some people think he's way washed up. I disagree. Yeah. Like he's still a, a very decent tight end. Um, he's obviously past his prime. He was, yeah. He was uh, George Kittle before George Kittle was on the scene. I mean, he was yeah. one of the best, if not for a season, the best tight end around. Yeah, um, definitely. He was up there for a long time. He is no longer up there. I think even Dallas Goddard maybe has surpassed him, but I believe Goddard had two receptions. Ertz had one. Like we shut their tight ends down very well, um, kind of like they did with Kittle. But, you know, as you said, it was a slugfest, and the tight ends were kind of left out of the slugfest in terms of the receiving game. So, yeah. Not a lot from Kittle. As we said, our running backs, you know, Slugfest had, were not able to get a lot of long runs or almost any at all. They were banged up. Elijah Mitchell had a screen pass, um, but not much else was working big time than a few other small plays. Juwan Jennings got his first NFL catch, which was a touchdown. He was wide open in the end zone. It was a beautiful route. um, And he was just sitting there and fantastic play. And, um, Shanahan has talked about how Jennings is a great route runner. And we have already talked about on the show, how Kyle loves good route runners. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kyle, Kyle really likes polished, polished route runners. And that I think is a big reason Trent Sherfield has won for now that starting job. The team made a lot of comments that it was that for Ayuk being behind Sherfield has some to do with Ayuk's performance, but some to do with, with Ayuk's hamstring injury. They talked a bit about it. Seems like Ayuk has slowly been establishing himself. I think he had maybe one catch today. He's, 
I don't know. I'm less pessimistic about Ayuk because I was last week, definitely. But it seems yeah. like he still has a ways to go. But Ayuk yeah. is also not he's not Antonio Brown. He's not he's not Devontae Adams. He's much more like contested catch, gonna beat you with physicality more than he's gonna beat you with like polished route running. And sometimes I wonder if Kyle just prefers polished route running at this point. Yeah, I mean, I love personally that we've got different guys that Ayuk is a little bit more. I'm going to beat you with my body, and Debo is the route runner and yards after catch guy. Granted, Ayuk also is yards after catch, but I I, think Debo uh, is just straight better than Ayuk. Like, and I I would have told you coming out of 2020 that Ayuk was our best receiver. Two games into 2021, I don't think it's even close. I think Debo is our best guy. And even if Ayuk is at what he looked like last season, I think I still might take Debo. Yeah, I sheepishly probably would have agreed with you, but I think that has to do a lot with the Debo's injury. And I think that's also why Ayuk had the year he did is because Debo missed half the season with his injuries. So Ayuk was like, okay, we have Ayuk and who was our third receiver the majority last year? It wasn't Trent Taylor. He was more behind. Well, um, I think Ayuk got a lot of, yeah. Kendrick Bourne, that's who you're forgetting. No, that's because I blocked Kendrick Bourne out of my memory. I was not a Kendrick Bourne fan. We kind of – no, we actually didn't even talk about him in the preseason because he was gone already, signed with Patriots, right? Yeah, he's on the Patriots now. Yeah, I just think he only showed showed up in clutch moments, and when we needed him to get a simple catch, he couldn't do it and drove me nuts, kind of like Richard James. Yeah. But I do think Debo's injuries had a lot to do with Ayuk's success. But obviously, Ayuk showed he can have success. And I think we should be, be seeing more Brandon Ayuk success with Debo on the field as well because Debo's had two amazing games to start the year and is a threat. And yeah. no one is going to ignore George Kittle. We have one of the best running offenses in the game. And having Debo there, if Ayuk, not if, when Ayuk steps back into his starting role – and takes reins of the second receiver behind Debo, which will happen, I believe, yeah. in just the next couple of weeks. I'm no I'm way full, do I I'm, believe this is going to happen. I'm not dropping Ayuk on my fantasy teams. Let's put it that way. Oh, God, no. Like, not I'm dynasty, not trading not him. Redraft, not nothing. Yeah, like I'm I'm still in on Ayuk for sure. What do you think? I mean, so, disrespect. Yeah. If I was going to sum up our offensive performance today, it's going to be, this was a slugfest. The line looked good. Jimmy did everything we needed him to do. He had the scrambles. His sneaks were perfect. He got in. I just, I think the offense did what it needed to do and it got the job done. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't incredible, yeah. but at one point it had a 95 yard touchdown drive. Like we got the job done and like, I would I'll say- take it. I would say that this might be the most, so to speak, unflashy game we'll see all year, yeah. which I don't like saying because it was against the Eagles. So that bothers me because I the was Eagles hoping might we were be better go to than town. we think. Yeah, sure. I bet they're better than we think, but we're playing the Packers next week. We're playing the Seahawks the week after. Those are flashy teams. Sure. Yeah. We'll talk about the Packers to end our episode, but they got blown out week one. They're playing tomorrow night. But they still have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. They have studs. They're yeah. flat. They're way flashier than any players in the Eagles. Even if, I mean, not. I don't think the Eagles are more balanced. But, um, 
this is not how I wanted to start the year. I would have loved to have two blowout wins. Yeah. And sure that the, absolutely the injuries have been a huge factor of that. But I also, I just think there's, there's guys like, you know, Brandon, Ayuk. he is getting healthy, but there is guys we need to see step up. We need to see, um, the secondary, I'm going to continue to harp on the secondary all season. If it's going to be this tough, um, there are injuries. We need guys to step up. Um, we're already so thrilled with Diamond Lenore. Um, I want to be thrilled with Talanoa Hufunga. Please yeah. give this man more reps. Yeah. Um, he, didn't he hit a nice special teams tackle? I think that was him. He did. And he's going to be great in the special teams. And our, our safeties did great. I mean, Jaquaski Tart was phenomenal today. Yeah. Um, and not that Jimmy Ward was, was fine as well. They, they both had six tackles, both had each a pass deflected. Like our safeties were, were maybe the biggest yeah. part of the defense today, as well as Nick Bosa and his two sacks that came in a fantastic time. And I think Jimmy is what held it together on the offense. Um, but of yeah. course, as, you, as you've said, it was a slugfest. This is not a flashy game. Um, yeah. I think, I think you have to know football to enjoy a game like this. Otherwise, yeah. like, ah, this is boring. This is four-yard play, four-yard play, four-yard play, first down. Yeah, yeah they're, get, they're getting the first downs, but it is eating up the clock easily with each drive. Yeah, what did you think of how the, def- how the defensive line looked today? We've talked a little bit about the secondary. We thought they were not great. What did you think about how the D-line performed? You know, uh, I took some – we always take notes, and I thought it was super fun to see Contavious Street and DJ Jones in the yeah. mix. They both got four tackles apiece. Um, DJ Jones had a fun tackle for, for a loss. That that was fun to see. Um, Armstead was a game-time decision, so I, I would love to see his snap count. I didn't get to look that up Yeah, before. I haven't been able to – we've been – listeners, we haven't been able to find snap counts yet because we're – it's too soon to after the game. Uh, Armstead had two tackles, and usually he's got more than that. So, I, you know, I, I think his snap count was lower, especially if he's questionable until minutes before. Same thing with Javon Kinlaw. Both of them were – I was surprised that both of them played. I figured yeah. one, if not both, were going to be scratches. And Kinlaw got one tackle. I will say I thought Kinlaw, Kinlaw made a difference. I mean, I, I think Kinlaw and Armstead made a difference. Yes, he had the blocked field goal, which got to love to see see a blocked field goal. But also, if you remember last week against the Lions, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were running all over us up the center anytime Constantly. they wanted to. And that was not the case today with um, Miles no. Sanders and then Kenneth Gainwell, who's the Eagles' new rookie running back, who is an interesting player to watch, by the way. But I think I, it, it, it really just makes me miss Boston Scott. Yes, but he's still on the team. He's still on the team. He is. He's just not playing. But having Kinlaw and Armstead in there to clog up running games, play in the middle. DJ Jones did a great job of this as well. But I really think Kinlaw coming back made a huge, huge difference on the run game. So hopefully this did not aggravate his knee. He's been dealing with some tendonitis, arthritis maybe in his knee from a knee injury from college that he's, and then he suffered it last season. Just hasn't been able to get that knee hundred percent. Right. So great news that he was out there today. And let's just hope he has a good week of practice this week and can play against the Packers next week. But there have been reports that Kinlaw's injury. I mean, as you said, tendonitis and arthritis, those don't go away. Yeah. This is, I don't even think it will be. I think I can confidently say it's, this it is not is an injury. Yeah. This is not We're an injury you fix. Season. It's an injury you manage. 
Yeah, Kinlaw, his, we will be, every single week, we will probably be having to talk about a Kinlaw update, Kinlaw injury, and whether or not he's going to play. I mean, this is something that lasts, it's something you can somewhat play through, um, but again, it's a workload management, and so I think for the see This is the thing, like, an arthritic knee is what ended Todd Gurley's career, and I don't think this is the same thing at all, but it's important, but I do think we saw today how important Javon Kinlaw is to this team. And quite frankly, I think keeping Javon Kinlaw healthy, I like, I do not see this team making a playoff or Super Bowl run without a healthy Javon Kinlaw. Otherwise I think people are going to run all over us. Yeah. I think having Armstead and Kinlaw both there, even in their presence, I know we had Armstead last week, but the amount of times Swift and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were able to run up the gut. My gut was hurting because they had so many runs up the middle. It was insane. Um, that was the most frustrating part. Well, there's a lot of frustrating parts for me last yeah. week against the Lions. There were still some frustrating parts for me this week watching them play the Eagles. In very different I'm not game. as frustrated today, though. I will, I will agree. I'm not as frustrated. I still, you know, I think I was encouraged seeing Shanahan uh, post-game press conference say he's proud of these guys for toughing out the win. Um, it wasn't, uh, last week we said that Devo Samuel said that when Kyle Shanahan walked in and said, how do you guys feel about the win? No one said anything. They, I do feel like they can actually celebrate this week. Um, I just have higher hopes. Yeah. This is a win you can feel good about. This is a win you can feel good about and celebrate today, but tomorrow you got to forget about it and hit the ground running because you got the Packers. This is not a win that you can necessarily – I don't think there's a whole lot to build off of in terms of positive things. Of like, oh, we did this really well. Let's keep doing that. I think there's a lot of we got it done today. We need to pick it up still. Yeah. Um, the the secondary is I've continually harped on. They got it done. I don't yeah. think they necessarily did well. They got it done. Um, Diamondaro Lenore, though, did have three pass deflections today. Yeah. Diamondo Lenore is, is good. He is something and, else. Man. And maybe Emmanuel Mosley can come back next week. If we could have Mosley and Lenore out there as our corners, that'd be pretty nice. That would be nice. Um, and then, as, as we said earlier, Tartan Ward looked uh, – Jaquaski Tart, Jimmy Ward yeah. looked really good today. Um, they, they Ideally, just tackles. not they Josh Norman starting. I, uh, and I'm in too many fantasy football leagues, and we have group chats for a lot of them. And one of the guys in one of them today said, uh, I, I believe the Eagles are winning because the Niners are starting Josh Norman. Yeah. And my reaction was like, you know what? That is a fair point. Yeah. That is a, you know, three years ago, it's like, that is a good thing. Now he, he was it's, fine. It's, he was fine. It was sketchy though. And that's, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's where you we're know at. What, though? He's a, he's a veteran. Like he had that PI call in the end zone. And the Eagles did not score on that drive. So, like, good job. Like, that's the kind of thing that a veteran's like, I'm beat. I'm going to hit this guy. Like, I'm going to, I'm not letting him catch this ball. I don't care if they throw a flag. Like, those are things that are, are valuable. Yeah. I mean, he knew. I, I think that was absolutely intentional. Like, he knows what, what's going to work there. Like, he is a veteran. He's 33 years old. So, he's kind of a veteran in a retirement home coming, coming soon. Um, I don't know how old in NFL be, years. but in NFL years, obviously you're like 33. Are you kidding me? No, I mean for a corner, that's that's uh, that's pretty up there. What's what's Richard Sherman at? 
Uh, he's similar. probably right there. He might be older, there, yeah. But Sherman, be, I think, is the exception, clean. not the rule. Well, but I was going to say is even Richard Sherman is saying, if I want to keep playing, I might have to move to safety. Yeah. So as you said, he might he's potentially the exception, not the rule. And he is saying, I might need to go play safety. Um, I'd have to look it up. Charles Woodson is the is probably the highest we can go where he played corner for years after years and then moved to safety just to keep playing. Um, yeah. And there's no way someone's going to surpass that. But I thought, yeah. as I said, the defense got it done but didn't shine. Um, I do think Diamador Lenore shined, as we've already said. Aziz Alshare, I thought, shined and did really well. He had five tackles. Um, we needed him is, to, too. We needed him. Drake Greenlaw is out. Aziz was already playing kind of in a limited fashion. He was getting a lot of snaps um, and still making noise with those snaps. But now he is, I would say, those two. And I talked about him last week. Aziz Alshare and Diamador Lenore are the two guys that really – we're going to see be maybe the MVPs on defense throughout the whole year, but yeah. we also need to see them step up. Um, I mean, Diamondo Lenore was a starter last week and played every snap. I was not expecting that. 90%. I think he played last week. 90%. I mean, tons, way more than I had thought. Um, I sure he played, he outplayed Ambry Thomas in preseason, but I still figured Ambry Thomas was going to be there ahead of him. And Lenore obviously took more. And so, these two guys are – they're given the the keys to the driver's seat for their positions and said, hey, you have this spot for however long. What are you going to do with it? How fast can you go? How hard yeah. can you go? And Lenore, um, is, and Lenore is doing well. I wish I could find the analytics on, like, how he did – what kind of passes he allowed and stuff like that. But he played well. Like, he's done a good job. Three pass deflections is nuts. I mean yeah. – a lot. I got. I wish I knew the off the top of my head the, like the top numbers for corners. I want to say twenty something is crazy for. I don't know well enough to just throw out numbers. I guess, but yeah. three in a game seems pretty nuts to me. I'm surprised when guys get more than one. So, well, he's gonna be. He will be tested next week. Our secondary will be tested against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers next week. One Daniel, of the goats. Yeah, one of the goats. Any uh, any final thoughts? before we move on to this game and talk a little bit about what we might see against green Bay next week. Yeah. Uh, my, my three takeaways real quick are things I've already said, but just to summarize them, the secondary is going to continually be tested just yeah. as you said. Um, the Niners defense can get the job done. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of doubt about it, especially with the injuries, but I think they proved today they can get the job done. Um, and it's a slug fest instead of it looking real pretty but they can get it done. And what's awesome, the biggest um, positive takeaway is that the Niners offense can get it done in multiple ways. Yeah. Last week was a lot more run game. Last week was a lot more big plays. A lot more big plays. So I say run game, but then also Debo Samuel had, I think, 189 yards. Yeah. It was pretty much run game and Debo Samuel, but sometimes that goes hand in hand with how many yards after catch he gets. Yeah. This um, was eat clock, win time of possession. I think I've got it somewhere so right here in front of week. me, but the 49ers had about 35 minutes in terms of time. Yeah, 34-54 was the 49ers' time of possession as opposed to the Eagles' 25-06. That's how you yeah. win a game like this where it's slow-paced, nobody's hitting home runs. You control the ball, you move it slowly, and you 
you burn clock. Small plays, really fighting for those first downs. And you, that is you not don't at all what we mistakes. saw last week. Yeah. And, and we they, really, they really did it. today. Since Sermon's uh, fumble was called back, I mean, no sacks and no interceptions from Jimmy. Talk about no I mistakes. Believe no true fumbles because Trey Sermons didn't count. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you need to do in this game. Yeah. So those are my three. Um, we already talked about Ayuk and I'm not contributing as much as we would like, but we talked about that. Um, and we talked about Debo's stock rising and how good we truly think he is. So yeah. that's what I've got for this game to wrap it up. And what do we got next week? We've yeah, got so the Green Bay Packers, one of the best quarterbacks of all all time, and Aaron Rodgers, and one of the best route runners, Devontae Adams. Great running back and Aaron Jones. So I was talking to Daniel about this before. Daniel and I were chatting about this before we recorded. I really wish the Packers play on Monday Night Football in Week 2 against the Detroit Lions, who we saw play the 49ers last week. I wish that game had happened already because if you're not aware, the Packers uh, were thought to be one of the best teams in the NFL this season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is reigning MVP. The Packers got dismantled last week by the New Orleans Saints. They lost 38-3, to and the Saints lost this week, so they might not be that great of a team. The Packers got smacked, and so there's this question of, are they just bad this year? I think Daniel and I are on the same page as that we lean towards week one was probably an aberration and they're probably going to be fine. And Aaron Rodgers is probably still going to be Aaron Rodgers, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the Packers this off season with Aaron Rodgers not showing up until right before training camp started. He's basically set it up so that he's going to be out this season. There's a lot of weird drama going on. Maybe that's spilled into the locker room. So there's a lot of questions about this Packers team that I think we'll have a better answer on after tomorrow night after yes. they beat after they play the lions and i think they probably beat the lions and i think after that we go oh shoot it was week one the packers are still awesome like this yeah. is going to be a huge game so that's how i'm thinking about it in the 49ers is that we're going against the green bay packers of last year and the green Bay packers of two years ago and what's great is the 49ers have beaten those green bay packers multiple times and it is yeah. not in big games it is not big, big games yeah yeah and if Obviously, they're going into the mindset. They're going into the game with the mindset of they're preparing for that kind of Packers. If, you have if to. they don't, if they don't, they've already lost. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I think, is the last coach who's going to let his team go into a game against a team where oh, they they got blown out week one. We don't have to worry about anything. No, if anything, he's saying that week one loss has fueled them. Um, I saw the funniest meme the other day of. Devonte Adams and I don't. It might have been Aaron Jones standing next to Aaron as uh, uh, Valdez Scantling, um, and Devonte Jones standing with Aaron Rodgers, and they're like, "We're losing." And Aaron Rodgers responds, "Y'all are losing. Like I'm not a part of this." Um, but I, I, I that's yeah, obviously just a joke. That's not actually his mindset. He's very much in there. He wants to win a Super Bowl. And I don't it's know worth how much noting that there's no team Aaron Rodgers likes beating better than. San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers grew up in the Bay Area. He's yeah, he's still mad the 49ers didn't take him in the draft. He would have loved to play for his hometown team. There's no team that he hates more. That's part of the reason there was speculation about him coming here over the offseason because or that two years ago. Uh no, either way. Yeah, it just feels a while ago, but there was a lot of speculation he comes to the San Francisco 49ers because he's long here for a long time and yeah, I mean, he, he is electric. He is incredible. Devontae Adams runs routes more than 
better than anyone we've seen. Um, I'm curious to see if it's Diamador Lenore who is covering him, if Emmanuel Mosey's healthy and he's on him. Um, please don't be Josh Norman. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, I think it's I'm very curious to Donna see. Lenore. I love that Robert, Robert Tanyan and George Kittle are best buddies. Um, so I love when they get to yeah, play Robert each other. Robert Tanyan, tight ends for the Packers. Yeah, fun guy. Uh, I think after they the Packers won a big playoff game or a big game, uh, Tanyan called George Kittle while he was on the field and was talking yeah. to him. Um, love the friendship. Love the, the tight end you brotherhood. Um, fun to see. And I, I think that we'll be able to shut Tanyan down pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not easily. I think we would do a good job. It will not be easy. Um, Hawkinson did not have a crazy game against us. He definitely did his job and, and contributed in some big ways. As I already said, the Eagles tight ends did not. So I think, you know, we've got tight end, Tunyon to watch. We've got running back Aaron Jones is super good. And Devontae Adams is an absolute animal. Yeah, so I think. Absolutely tough. I think this game is going to be a little different than the 49ers last two games. I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think same for the reasons you've talked about. I don't think our secondary can hang with Devontae Adams and he might no. be their only major receiving threat, but he's the best wide receiver in the NFL with probably the be- one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. I think they're going to score. And the, I don't think the Packers can stop us. The Packers defense has not been great this season in their one game and for the past three years the Packers they cannot stop the run you can run yeah. all over the Packers and so I'm in the 49ers love to run so I'm, you can I'm run expecting the Packers unless it's to Kenny Clark who is their nose tackle who's incredible so if you watch uh, the runs against the Packers a lot of it is not up the straight center it's either right the outside of the lineman so you can avoid Kenny Clark um Zadarius Smith is a guy who puts on a lot of I mean Preston Smith as well they call them the Smith brothers they're not actually brothers but both our last name is both Smith yeah um they put a lot of pressure they do a good job but you are right the it is it it would not statistically shock, yeah. easier to run against them. Yeah. yeah, it would not shock me if we see the Trey package out there to run some read option, try to hit some big runs. I think, I think if we're going to get defensive stops, it's going to be our line. The Packers' um, offensive line is not is still kind of coming together. Their star center from last season, Corey Lindsley, maybe the best center in the NFL, is now on the Los Angeles Chargers. Then you got their right their left tackle, David Bakhtiari, who is the second best left tackle in the NFL after Trent Williams, I think is still dealing with an injury. I do not think he's expected to be back by next. He started week. the year in the IR, I believe started the year in the IR. So that means he's definitely not out. So I'm expecting Nick Bosa to be able to feast. And so if we're, if we're going to get, if we're going to make big defensive plays, I'm predicting way more sacks than I am, than I am going to be picks, pass breakups, big plays from the secondary, even though I think our yep. secondary has been good. Like we talked about, hopefully Kinlaw is out there. The Packers have a, have a solid running game. Aaron Jones is one of the best backs in the NFL. AJ Dillon is a great change of pace guy is another great running back. Huge. So I'm huge, I, he's man. a huge guy. Power His runner. Thighs so are the size of my waist. My body. I'm really hoping we can have Kinlaw and Armstead out there clogging up those lanes. Kinlaw and TJ Jones doing like they did today, stopping that run up the middle. Cause Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach will know that. And he will take advantage of it if those guys aren't out there. So I think yeah. our D line is gonna is gonna be a big difference maker because I don't think our secondary really can be. 
I think they'll be fine. But if we're going to get stops, it's going to be sacks. It's going to be run stops. So big, big game from Nick Bosa is something I think is very, very within the realm of possibility. Yeah, and I – I don't know. This just popped in my head. Was D Ford injured today? I don't know. He, I did not see him on the scratch list. It'd be nice to see, see those snap cats, snap counts. I know. I don't, find. I don't see him on the stats list anywhere, but I also don't remember hearing any injury news, any healthy scratch, or he obviously wouldn't be a healthy scratch, but any scratch. So maybe he was just uninvolved today or didn't have a lot of snap count. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not I seeing anything. I agree with you. It, it, it will absolutely be a shootout. Um, our secondary, I don't necessarily need them to shine. I just need them to be like today to get the job done. To, it is quality control as best we can. Um, was, I, I want them to have the mindset of shutting them down, of course. But in reality, I, I think it's just uh, how much can we contain them? How much can we contain Devontae Adams and his route running. And I think that the safety is going to be, you know, a lot of double teams against him because he's that good. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it will be a, a shootout because neither defense is on their A game. I'd oh, pick our defense over theirs, though. I would, but you can hear my voice. I am, I am nervous for this game. Um, I think that the Packers are, there's obviously still the Packers, sure. They yeah, might suck. The- Maybe they lose to the Lions tomorrow, and then it's like, oh, the Packers are just bad this year. That'd be great. I, d- I knew they were playing the Lions, but I didn't realize we were playing the same team week one and two and then playing each other. So part of me says, oh, like how they play the Lions could be a tell, a telltale for how they are against us. But I yeah. also fully disagree with that statement where the Saints just blew out the Packers last week. And then the Carolina Panthers didn't blow them out, but certainly handed it to the Saints today. Yeah. And, you know, it's different teams, you know, affect different teams in a different way where they, the, as we said, the Lions were able to run it up the gut against us a bunch. And I think that was one of the biggest keys to their success last week. And um, fourth quarter, two minutes left, they, they really came back. Our secondary Sorry, our second team defense did not shine and kind of gave up, in my opinion. So that was a huge part of it. But I think that the Packer, it's gonna, the Lions are gonna hit the Packers differently. I think yeah. I'd be surprised if the Lions did as well as they did against us, against the Packers. Um, yeah. I don't think the Lions are that good, and even if they do well against the Packers, I don't necessarily think they're still that good. I think they're just playing too not awesome defenses. I don't know. I just I don't think that it's necessarily a Uh, sentence for how the how the Packers do against the Lions comparatively but it would have been nice to at least debrief and compare the way that statistically what we saw to compare the two games but we don't have that just yet yeah I think this is obviously the the first real test of the 49ers 2021 season if we can win this game we can win we can probably beat it we can beat anybody in the NFL if Packers blow us out that means maybe the 49ers aren't a contender this year. And I don't, I don't think it's that definite, but those are things to, to keep in mind. This game matters. And this is, the, this is the game where we'll find out if we have a true contender. And I think we do. Daniel, I think you agree that we do. But this is the game where we will know what the 2021 49ers are made of. So I am, I am excited. This is a Sunday night game. It's going to be prime time. I'm, I could not be more excited for this game. 
This game matters. This is a big, big football game for the 49ers this season. To close this out, Timmy, give me your bit, your uh, biggest contributor on offense and defense for the Niners in next Sunday night's game. Who do you yeah. think is going to show up on, on both sides of the ball? So I'm going to predict Elijah Mitchell's healthy and he's out there, and I think he's going to feast. I think whoever we have running is going to be awesome based on how they were. So I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell is our biggest contributor on offense. Then easy, Nick Bosa on defense. David Bakhtiari's out. I think Nick Bosa is going to feast on Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, th- I say Nick Bosa, he's been good. He's been good. I mean, he's great. He's Nick Bosa. He's been awesome this season. I think this is the, se- the game where we're fully reminded like, oh, this guy is one of the best defenders in the NFL. He's back from that ACL tear. Like he's about to tear up the league. I think Nick Bosa feasts against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, I agree with you in the way that you described Nick Bosa. I also feel that about George Kittle. I think George Kittle will be a massive presence in the offense. Um, The first two weeks obviously make me want to think Debo Samuel. And while I think he still will be a huge part of it, um, comparatively, I think with the kind of – Kittle was okay in week one, but he was – you know, he didn't do much today. And so I think uh, week three against the Packers will be the week we see him come to life and – you know, I think he's going to be a huge part of it. I don't see the the Packers defense really being able to stop him. Their cornerback, Jer Alexander, is one of the best. I think he'll yeah. be able to make it a little harder for Debo. Yeah, maybe a big game from Sherfield or, or Kittle, like you're saying, if Debo's being held yeah. up by Alexander. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kittle and hope the explosiveness of him really comes through. And I will agree with you on defense that Nick Bosa is going to feast and that he will have an incredible game, especially with Bakhtiari out. Um, we, we, we need it. Um, yeah. And I think that he will be a big key to the success. So. All right. I got one last we'll question see. for you. Let's do a little next week on Trey watch. Uh, do you think Trey gets in next week? I do. I agree. I, I think, I think the- that there'll be a very much be a game where we're going to need to kind of throw out some of those tricks that I think, I think Shanahan has, I know Shanahan has a lot more up his sleeve with the Trey and Jimmy switcheroo with the package. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that next week. Um, I, I, Jimmy did an incredible job today. It was his game. He muscled his way through it with his passes, but more specifically his, his QB sneaks, his dives. But I do think that, we're going to need to get creative with the Packers. And I think the the trade Jimmy package is just about ready to be shown a little more. And I think that's what we're going to see at least a little more of maybe not tons, but at least a little more of. Yeah. I'm, I'm betting we're seeing, we're seeing Trey. All right, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully we have the same energy we have on Monday mornings that we do when we record on Sunday night. And I, think daniel and i have both expressed we are so pumped for this 49ers season we are so pumped to be bringing you updates here and we are so pumped for next week's game against the green bay packers enjoy monday night football tomorrow night hopefully the packers look bad so that the 49ers can beat them and uh stay safe out there listeners daniel any parting thoughts oh yeah gonna be a great game next week that's my george kill impression all right thank you for tuning in everybody 